Tonight, I'll just go back to First Peter and try to finish up a little bit here. We've begun uh, last. Uh, we were in First Peter, I believe. Uh, we are dealing. We had dealt with the conscience uh, and how important that our conscience is. Uh, our conscience is very important, not just before we get saved, but even after. Uh, to make sure that our conscience is being guided by the Word of God. We uh, had ended chapter 3 somewhere in verse um, 15 or so in that area. But um, we looked at the works that were to continue and then the washing uh, of the conscience. And um, <clears throat> if I can find my place here in these... Uh, this scribble is verse 15. Uh, we ended in verse 15. So let's start if we uh, can start in first Peter chapter three and we'll start in verse number 13 uh, and, and continue on in our reading and we will take a look further uh, beyond the conscience. But verse number 13, the Bible says, and who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? And I don't want to flog a dead horse here. But um, if you and I will just continue to do right and continue to do good, um, God is helping me in these days to start putting certain things aside. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about laying aside the weights and sins that so easily beset you. Um, and that's one thing, but there's a whole lot of other things we have to just lay aside. Um, uh, there's discouragement. There's uh, others Sometimes that um, they're not where you want them to be or uh, they're not acting how you want them to act. I have just had to determine in my soul that I am just going to go on with God. And uh, that's where we've got to get to in our lives. We've just got to get to a place that we don't let anybody hinder us uh, or stop us from getting to where God wants us to be. Uh, and a lot of times our love for people uh, will grow into a, a good foundational biblical love can possibly turn into a, something that's not biblical. Uh, God never means for any human to come above, uh, even in our marriage, the proper place in the marriage uh, is God first. And um, uh, so uh, in ever our life, we get to a place where we're letting someone uh, affect us negatively and keeping us out of the will of God. Uh, that's not right. We've got to lay that aside. You can't make people drink, right? I've been told that all my life. You can lead people to the water, but you can't make them drink. And uh, I um, know that I, sometimes I'm, I've been guilty of trying to uh, hold my kids' heads under the water and make them drink, uh, but you can't even make your kids drink from it. It's just a, a place where God, uh, you end and the individual begins. They're responsible to God and they have to meet the Lord with their decisions. And uh, what if we're not careful, we'll let that affect our joy because they're not doing what we think they ought to be doing. Uh, so what we got to do is just stay right with God ourselves. Amen. And uh, uh, there's people that are failing, falling, whatever you want to call it in this day. And we can't look to those things and discourage us or stop us from going where we want to go. I'm, gonna I'm just going to try to keep going on with God. I always want to keep going on with God. And uh, that's where you need to get. That's where every one of you young people, uh, you just got a purpose in your heart to just go on with God. If you do that, you'll be all right. You're going to find out, and in in your youth groups are smaller these days than they used to be. 
but uh, I remember there's uh, many, I was one of them, but there'll be many that will not go on for God. There's going to be a lot in the youth group, friends, people you've been to camp with and people you know and uh, that are just not going to go on where, you, where the Lord's leading you. And that's always hurtful and you hate to see that, but you can't let it stop you from going on with God. Okay, and so um, I'm just saying that because that verse is speaking to those things of not letting others um, harm you uh, in the sense uh, between you and the Lord. Now, uh, verse number 14, but and if you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye uh, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Uh, I often wonder. Um, what in the world? Are you kidding me? But and if you suffer, happy are ye. Does anybody else feel like that is the case? I don't know about you, but I'm generally not happy when I'm suffering. Uh, but it can be. You can be happy in suffering. And uh, when you get there, you come talk to me about it, okay? But that is possible. That is possible. If you're suffering for righteousness sake, right? Now, if you're suffering, um, uh, you know, well, people say, well, uh, uh, I know one uh, individual I was talking to uh, that I used to go to church with for a long, uh, for a while anyway, and um, they got really upset and really mad. Uh, everybody's mistreating me, um, and um, they were very upset, but they, uh, what they forgot to remember is how they were living was causing a lot of the problem. <laughs> so, no, not everybody. Everybody's mistreating you. You're just living wicked and we can't be around it, right? And uh, so uh, happier if you suffer for righteousness sake, but when you're not doing right and you're suffering, uh, that's not a happy thing, right? But if you're suffering and you're doing right and people are making fun of you and uh, whatever the case is, but you're doing right and you're suffering, you can be happy and be uh, like as Paul was, uh, he was uh, glorying even uh, in those things. And so verse number 14 said, But, and if you suffer uh, for righteousness' sake, happier ye, be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Uh, that's what they want to do. They want to instill fear in us. Has anybody seen that video? And um, I question sharing it uh, because it's got a lot of vulgarity. Uh, but it shows, this is in New York, this is a little church. Uh, and it shows these little people trying to get to church. Uh, and these demon-filled people were cursing and hollering and screaming and threatening women and children. Uh, these uh, Black Lives Matter movement, Antifa people, all these communists. Uh, were screaming and, 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 and just hurling all kinds of terrible things uh, at these Christians just trying to go to church. Now, uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, how many people grew up during the 60s? Okay, some, some are, are willing to admit it. Uh, some, I understand, uh, not wanting to admit that. Um, but what my parents said, and they said this was the same thing with dealing in the Great Depression uh, or dealing with poverty. They said it started up north or it would start out west and it would be years before it got down to the south. So they didn't know much about hippies in the south. They didn't know much about uh, all those things that, that went on until later on it made its way down here. And it seems to be the case in this country. That's kind of how it goes. So I would say in the 
near future, if Jesus doesn't come, we'll experience what those people in New York are experiencing now. There'll be people that will be attacking us for trying to go to church and stand for what's right because they hate everything that we stand for. Uh, they hate everything about our Bible. They hate everything about Jesus. Uh, they hate everything that we preach and that we believe. And it will happen, I believe, in my lifetime. It's already happening not far away. And it'll happen uh, as sure as G if Jesus doesn't come, you and I will see those days. Um, did you ever think, I mean, you can believe that now. Would you have thought that, Brother Reed, 20 years ago, that you would ever see uh, people screaming at little women and children trying to go to church? I mean, how full of the devil do you have to be? Uh, uh, but of all the places they could go, uh, we know who's behind that because we are not fighting a fleshly battle. Uh, the, we're fighting a spiritual warfare, and we know who's behind all this stuff. Uh, but anyhow, so but and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, uh, you can be happy, and don't be afraid of their terror. So the Lord doesn't want you discouraged for suffering, and He wants you also not to be afraid. Um, I, uh, and some people say, well, I'm not afraid. I've got a, a nine millimeter and an AR-15. And <laughs> well, I don't think that's what he's wanting us to trust in. Um, uh, though that is the truth. I, I don't think it'd be wise to come beating on too many doors around here, would it? Uh, but uh, anyhow, uh, the Lord's not wanting us to trust in those things. Uh, what he's saying is, don't be afraid of their terror. Uh, don't be afraid of all their threatenings and all the things that they're saying. At worst, they send us home. At the very worst, they send us home to be with Jesus. Right? So I don't have anything to fear. Now, um, uh, they better hope I'm home alone because if I've got my children there, I'm kind of like one man said, I'm going to shoot first and ask questions later. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I would hope if I'm out preaching the gospel, as Stephen and others were, uh, I would be able to turn my cheek and things like that. Uh, but don't be afraid of their terror. Don't be afraid of their threatenings. Um, I'm not going to stop doing right because there's people threatening to shut us down for standing on the truth. I'm just going to stand for what's right. I'm just going to do right. They can threaten. They can, uh, they can holler. They can curse. They can be mad. They can throw their temper tantrums. They can do all that they want to do. I am just going to go on with God. Amen. And I hope you are too. I'm not going to change the way I'm living or believing because of a bunch of God-hating uh, liberal communists don't like what I've got to say. They'll just have to get over it. I'm going to continue to preach and stand on the truth of the Bible. Uh, I don't care who it gets mad at us. We're just going to have to stand for what's right. And I'm not going to change because they're mad about it. In fact, I've got enough flesh left in me. I might pour it on a little thicker on purpose because I know they're mad about it. You can laugh at that. It's okay. Folks, I'm going to move on. That's not the message tonight. But in that they want us to, it's like if they, if they can't find some legal way to stop us, they want to scare us, right? They want to shame you for coming to church. And you remember when that whole virus thing hit, it was, it was every church. You can't get this virus at Walmart, 
Right? Lowe's is safe. Walmart's safe. But if you go to an independent Baptist church, bless God, you're, you're a demon. You're, <laughs> that's the way the world operates. And that's the way they, uh, they, they want to shame you. If they can't shame you into changing and to stopping uh, doing what you want to do, they want to try to scare you into it. Right? They want to try to make you afraid. Well, every time you go to church, we're going to stand out here with megaphones and scream and curse. Well, if you want to show your ignorance and do that, help yourself. By the grace of God, I'm going to keep on going to church. Amen. And uh, we need a little bit of grit like that in our day uh, to just, uh, I'm not trying to be controversial for the, for the uh, just for the sake of being controversial, but I'm not going to stop believing this King James Bible because a few brats that never got a whooping in their life uh, don't know how to deal with the truth. Um, if they need a safe space, it's not my job to provide one. They just need to grow up and man up and deal with the truth. And the truth is God is angry with the wicked every day and he is going to turn this nation into hell and all nations that forget God and everybody that will not receive the love of the truth is going to hell when they die and Jesus is the only way to heaven and the King James Bible is the infallible word of God and it's still right to live right, do right and breathe, breathe and live Jesus Christ. It's still right to do and we're going to do it. Amen. By the grace of God. Uh, it stirs me up a little bit. Uh, but uh, uh, so, uh, but any of you suffer happier, ye, and be not afraid uh, of their terror, neither be troubled. Um, I, I know the same feeling. I, a lot of my decisions, I try to be careful. Uh, some of the decisions I make, I don't want them to use us as an example. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it seems like it would um, come up. Um, this virus, uh, they, the, the news would use it in a certain church and say. Well, see all these church-going people. They're supposed to love people. And if you loved people, you'd stop going to church and spreading this disease and uh, all of that stuff. You know how they tried to use it. And come to find out, none of the people had gotten it at the church. They got it somewhere else. <laughs> but they didn't report that part, right? Uh, so, uh, so what we have the tendency to do is change how we're operating in fear of what others might say or do or think. And so your pastor needs prayer that I can just do what God wants us to do and uh, not worry about all that. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a PR person. My job's not to in public relations for Tabernacle. Uh, I'm just supposed to do what God said to do and we'll just let it fall where it falls and... Uh, you know, if we get it, we get it, and we'll pray, and if not, then I'll just go home and be with Jesus. Uh, we just have to do the best we can do with what we know, with the light that we have. Uh, I don't know what all's right and what all's real and what all's fake and how many numbers there are. I don't know about all those things, but I know this much. We're just going to keep on trying to do right as long as God's got breath in our lungs. We're just going to keep doing right. And it's still right to worship God, and we're going to do that. We might have to do it from home for a couple of services, but we're still going to worship God, right? Amen. Uh, so now, um, so don't be afraid of their terror, and don't be troubled uh, about those things. In verse 15, he says, Sanctify the Lord God uh, in your heart. Set him apart. Um, uh, make it something special. This is uh, a reason why, in a lot of ways, we, we do this outwardly, uh, but it should be this way inside our own heart. Um, we, you know, that's why we don't, uh, this is a special place. We try to treat uh, the Lord's house as something special. This isn't uh, like going to Walmart. This isn't like going down to the uh, flea market. This is God's house, right? And we try to treat it that way. But our own hearts should be that way. 
Right? Our own, uh, if we're going to do that on the outside, um, let's make sure, like Jesus said, you make the outside of the, cup, uh, the platter clean. Clean the inside first. Make sure the inside, so that in your heart, God ought to have a special place inside of your heart where he rules and reigns in your life. And that, that has got to be something that happens at the point of conversion, the point of salvation. Uh, God saves you, uh, and he rules and reigns on the throne of your heart, uh, and you submit to that leadership and that authority every day of your life. Uh, but set God apart in your heart. He's special. God is um, uh, deserves to have the preeminence in our life. We, um, I know people all the time, uh, I don't want to say, uh, but people that I love dearly, uh, they'll say, I'm having a birthday party uh, for such and such. We're going to have it this Wednesday night. I'm thinking, now hold on a minute. I come in on a load of pumpkins at night, but it wasn't last night. Wednesday night's church night, isn't it? <laughs> Why are you planning the birthday party for Wednesday night? I don't, I don't understand those things. I'm being a little smart alecky, but I was feeling like that a little bit tonight. You know, plan, why can't we do it Tuesday nights? You know, I don't understand. And then they'll attack you because you didn't come. Well, you just don't love people. You're, no, I made a decision long ago when God brought me up out of Egypt that I'm going to do my best to be faithful to the house of God. And if I got to miss some birthday parties, uh, by the grace of God, I'm just going to have to miss them because I want to be at church and I want to worship Jesus. I can make it without your birthday party. I can't make it without Jesus, right? And uh, so anyhow, um, uh, that uh, uh, should be the case in our life. The Lord's got a special place in our hearts. We sanctify the Lord God in our heart. And we do that every day so that uh, when we're asked of the reason, the hope that lies within us, we've got a good answer for that. We can answer it. I don't know about you. I've, I've got theologically a lot of good answers but sometimes my heart's not in it. Anybody ever been there? Sometimes I know the answer to give that I'm not even happy about having to give it. I'm so mad. Anybody ever said, that's the problem with us Baptists. It's not more light we need. We need help obeying what we do know. And uh, so anyway, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Be ready to give an answer uh, to every man. Ask you the reason of the hope that lies uh, within you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak of you as an evildoer, uh, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. And that helps some with verse 14 uh, when we talked about some of those things and dealing with who is he that will harm you. Uh, if you'll just do right and you've got a good conscience, uh, you know, it's easy to lay down at night and it may bother you. Well, I don't want them to think this about me or I don't want to. But if you've just done right, you can still go to sleep. If you've got a conscience and you're saved, uh, when you've done wrong, I don't know. I, I really don't. I really I don't understand this. I guess I, I understand it in theory. Um, but uh, when the Lord saved me, and, and the Bible said that we have a common salvation, right? So you and I don't have anything different. Uh, my salvation experience may come along in a different way than yours, but it, at the root of it, it's common. The salvation's common. I'm a new creature. You're a new creature. I may have got saved on a Saturday night. You might have got saved on a Thursday night. But at the core of it, our salvation's common. Um, you didn't get something different than I got. You didn't get more than I got. I didn't get more than you got. We all got a common salvation. Uh, and uh, so there's uh, things that accompany salvation uh, that should be there in every believer's life. And one of those things is a good conscience. 
when you get saved, he's going to talk about the like figure, whereunto baptism not even to save us. But obviously, it's a figure. Obviously, he's using language because water can, physical water cannot reach a conscience. Right? I can't pour water into any part of your body and reach your conscience. I mean, that sounds silly, but people take this verse and make water baptism uh, something that it's not what is being said here. It uses the word figure. Its own language speaks to as what is being said here. Uh, but it's obvious that water cannot reach your conscience. But here's one thing we all have in common. I'll move on. In salvation, when we get saved, God purges your conscience from evil works. And so you've got a pure conscience. Brother uh, um, nobody uh, came to me and told me, you need to start going to church. There was just some things written there that were made evident. Nobody said, Brother Clinch, you don't need to drink alcohol. I don't, I don't even remember reading a Bible verse that said that. I just knew I wanted away from all that stuff. Right? There was just something in your conscience. And you know what started happening in my life? The same thing that happened in my wife's life because I didn't have this and she had it. Uh, she would always worry when she would do something wrong about what God thought about it. I never cared about that till I got saved. Then my conscience started saying, uh, uh, Clint, God would not approve of you saying that. God would not approve of you laughing at that joke. And and my conscience became, uh, it was cleaned up. We're, we're used to, you couldn't say a joke that was dirty and probably even make me laugh. I'd probably heard it all. You know, your conscience and your, your mind and all those things being defiled. But God, when he saves you, purges all of those things and cleans you up. And your conscience is sensitive to things. When you, um, uh, when you uh, uh, hear certain things or you say certain things or you think about certain things, your conscience bothers you. Um, when you're saved, I, I, I don't know how people do some of the things that they do and they just lay down and go to sleep like nothing ever happened. That's foreign to me. I, 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 I don't understand that. I, I don't understand uh, um, those kinds of things. I, I, I just don't. Uh, because your conscience should be alive. You say, well, nobody's ever taught me. Well, I understand to a degree um, there takes light um, uh, into the understanding and, and sanctification is progressive. But there were some things that happened immediately. And one of those things was my conscience. My conscience was clean. I knew I was not guilty and, and held accountable for those sins that were past. God forgave me of those things. And I, was, I went free. I was no longer guilty under that load and that burden. Uh, um, but some other things came along with it too. I couldn't even think about something wrong without something saying, hey, that ain't right. Right? God used the conscience to begin. And then when I started getting into the Word of God, man, it just doubled down on it. My conscience just uh, would bother me. I couldn't, uh, um, I couldn't even think about certain things or, or, or hear certain things without it just bothering you. I can uh, remember one of my children. Has anybody ever gotten those uh, 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 unfortunate magazines uh, in the mail. It's not, not very bad, but it just showed uh, uh, swimsuits and things like that. And they would send them out, current resident or, or whoever, and it would have a, a young lady in a, in a bikini. Uh, and I can, remember, uh, my, um, I can remember one of my boys coming to me and saying, uh, when we was laying in the field praying one time, saying, now that bothered my conscience having seen that. What happened? His conscience was pure. His mind was pure. It bothered him to see. Nakedness bothered him. Right? Some of y'all looking at me like I've plumb lost my mind. 
When your conscience has been clean, things sin, you're sensitive to sin. You're sensitive to, uh, to things. Things bother you. Uh, and so be careful, uh, even as a Christian, that we don't push that little voice aside uh, because that's what's keeping us right and keeping us going the direction we ought to go. But certainly as a lost person, you've got to have a conscience. There's some people, they having seared their conscience. I don't know that you could have a conscience and murder an innocent child and things like that. I mean, there's some wicked things that go on out there. And uh, uh, I don't know if there's hope of those people being saved, uh, but that's not my business. But having a good conscience, that much I know. Uh, but in this situation, your conscience is clear because they're speaking evil of you. But they'll be ashamed because they're falsely accusing your good manner of life, your good conversation in Christ. So uh, don't spend too much time defending yourself, right? Sometimes I've found that it makes it worse. Uh, so verse number 17, it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing uh, than for evil-doing. And um, <clears throat> verse 18 says, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickeneth, uh, excuse me, quickened by the Spirit. Uh, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Now, we talked about this already, uh, but um, we uh, do understand uh, that this is talking about, number one, disobedient spirits, um, and it does speak to a prison that will help you navigate uh, those verses. And I gave somewhere in here, I gave you what I kind of thought may be a possibility there and what most people believe that to be. Um, we're going to end up in heaven whether me and you disagree on that point or not. Amen? Some of those things I just are, are too, too high for me. And when I don't know, I'll give you the best options and you choose, choose A or B, okay? Uh, by the wisdom, he also went and preached, by the capital S Spirit, he went and preached unto the spirits in prison and which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. Uh, so these are specific spirits. Again, some people believe that was speaking about uh, those uh, when uh, talking about the giants that were in the land at the time. Um, and then the, uh, there's a whole lot of other people, and there's a good argument that could be made that this is talking about actually Jesus went in the days of Noah and was preaching when they were not yet in prison. Um, the spirits that are now in prison. Um, there's a lot of people that believe that as, as well. Uh, one thing I, I, I don't believe, I really don't think, and I've said this, but I'll say it again, I don't think he went in to give another opportunity for those that were perished uh, without the law for them to be saved when he was in the heart of the earth. But I wouldn't lose uh, uh, fellowship with you one way or the other. And you're welcome to correct me on it. I, I really uh, love to study some of those things out, but I don't want to waste time into some of that. Uh, so read verse number 20. Which sometimes were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. Now, this verse number 20, it begins to end the chapter, and we'll, we're going to end this chapter tonight. We've got to at least finish chapter number 3 within one year. Uh, while the ark was a preparing, uh, the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, uh, but that is eight souls were saved by water. Very few, only eight people. We know Noah and his family uh, were saved. We know uh, Noah was a, a, a man and a, uh, that uh, uh, loved God and feared God, and the Bible says here... Uh, 
uh, well, in other places, the Bible talks about Noah finding grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was looking for grace, and he found what he was looking for. Nobody else was looking for that. And uh, so Noah found grace uh, in the eyes of the Lord, and he was saved. And the Bible's talking about here, obviously, Noah wasn't saved in his salvation by water. Right? Noah wasn't made a new creature by water. Right? Um, there's two verses I want to show you quickly. Uh, I keep looking up there for a clock, and it's right here. A year, and I've not learned that. Uh, it's in Genesis. Let me see if I can find. Okay, I've got it written down here. Turn to Genesis chapter 6. I may have done this before, but I, I want to do it again. I know we don't have that issue here, but I'm going to tell you one of the most growing and attractive religions uh, in the South, and that is charismatic teachings. Church of God, Church of Christ. Um, there was a big church when I was in Maryville pastoring. The biggest church in that community uh, was a charismatic church, was a church that believed you could lose your salvation. Uh, they believed in the necessity of water baptism and various things like that. And so these doctrines are very important. So uh, I know we kind of don't have that issue here, but it could turn into that. So look at Genesis, if you would, chapter number 6. I want to show you something quickly. Verse number 5, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. Now that is pre-flood. God said man's imaginations and his thoughts are only evil continually. Man is completely messed up. From the fall in the garden all the way to Noah, mankind was completely, even without the law, completely, 100%. There was no soundness in any of them except Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But the Bible doesn't say any different about Noah and his family or the eight after the flood, after they're carried through, than it says right here. Turn with me now after the flood to Genesis chapter 8. And I, I know that's an understanding that we, we all have, but it's very important that we understand that water did not save Noah in the sense me and you talk about salvation, right? Water saved Noah as a picture and typology, a picture of being saved from the wrath of God, saved from judgment. Right Now me and you have an eternal, uh, uh, we are dealing with matters when we deal with people's souls and wanted to see them saved, uh, we're dealing with matters of, um, of the judgment of God, hell, spiritual death, right? And so this is always, God's always dealt with them in the physical and then the, in the New Testament you have the reality of the fulfillment in the spiritual. We looked at the Passover lamb, the Paschal lamb, we looked at this morning, Jesus was the complete fulfillment of of everything that that lamb typified of the coming of the Lord. And you see it further along. As Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness, Jesus, if I be lifted up, all along through, Jesus is the fulfillment. And we're going to see he's the fulfillment of what this is typifying here, of salvation from the wrath and judgment of God below. They were carried safely over to the other side by water. And so uh, water is the key. What is our water? We're going to see that. But now this is after the 
the flood, right? Genesis chapter 8, verse number 21. God has saved Noah from the wrath below. The waters came, flooded, and killed every single person. Women, children, babies. There were nobody left living but Noah and his family. And that's uh, uh, until you get to see chapter number 8, verse number 21. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. We know what Noah's doing here, but just for sake of time. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, this is after the flood. And one thing that amazes me here is the private, intimate revelation of God in Scripture. It's like you, it would be like, it would be like you uh, reading my private journal. I, there's some things, I don't have one, because I'm not a teenage girl. But uh, <laughs> they're not a bad thing to have. They're just not good for me because I don't want evidence left behind of the things that go on in my brain. Uh, they would have me committed. Uh, but uh, no, uh, but uh, a lot of people, uh, this is God revealing the intimate, private thoughts of his heart. And isn't that amazing that he would share that with me and you? He doesn't have to share that with us. And this is God revealing, Brother Pettacor, he doesn't have to tell me the thoughts of his heart. Right? That's private. God, God could have never put this verse in the Bible, and I would have never really affected me much. But it's been a blessing to me to see something, a truth here, uh, that, um, that even uh, uh, the judgment of God that fell so severely in the days of Noah, uh, that judgment did not change man at the core of what he was. He was still a leper. You can't judge it out of people. Right? God could have wiped it all off the face of the earth, killed everybody and started over. And you know what he still would have had? He would have started off with somebody whose thoughts and the imaginations of their heart was only evil continually. And so uh, uh, it's amazing to me to just see how much the Lord loves us. That being the case, Brother Reed, that, that that knowing what we are, that he would still want to come save us, that's a miracle to me. Uh, that uh, uh, Even after the flood, let's just read it with me. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart, underlying the word is there, is evil from his youth, neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. So this is God that's gone from, you would think that that water that carried and, uh, the ark and, and, and God was already in the ark and all those great pictures uh, of our life being hid with Christ in God. Uh, God was already inside and bid them to come in and shut the door and the judgment of God fell and here they were carried safely through over on to the other side. And they come out the other side through being, being safe through the judgment of God and came out the other side still with their hearts on evil continually. That's a, that, that just blows my mind. It's what I'm saying is there is nothing short of a divine miracle in the new birth that will change what a person is at the core of who they are. We are lepers. We are defiled. We are wicked. We are evil at our core. And only being born again will ever change what a person is on the outside or the inside. They must be changed and made new. That's the only answer for mankind is salvation in Jesus Christ. Neither is there any other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. 
say, well, I know that. Well, I just still like preaching it. Because uh, you might hear some of the charismatic churches say something very similar. But then they'll say, well, you got to be baptized. See, they start adding two. Kind of like those Jews. Well, faith's good, but you got to be circumcised also. you got to keep certain laws also. No, there's no addition to it. If, what doth hinder me from being baptized? If thou believe with all thy heart. That's all it is. Bible faith in a man whose name is Jesus will take you to heaven. <laughs> will change you from corruption and make you a child of God. That's the only answer. You can't do good enough. Say, Preacher, I know that. I know I'm being repetitive, but I want to burn it into your heart tonight. If you're not saved, there's no hope for you. Uh, well, I think I'm a pretty good person. I've never been mean to anybody. Uh, the problem is when you get into heaven and you're weighed in the balances of God, Jesus Christ is on the other side of the scale, not some hypocrite. So being better than me is not going to get you into heaven. That's not saying a whole lot. Being better than your neighbor, being trying to, well, preacher, I try to give a little bit St. Jude's. I try to do a few good things, leave everybody alone, mind my own business. And I think God will let me in when I get up there. You are sadly mistaken. Right? There's two types of religions in the world, attainment and atonement. And, in, and Baptist churches exclusively are preaching salvation by the atoning work of Jesus Christ and that alone for your salvation. His righteousness alone and not yours. They are filthy in the sight of God. He won't accept them anyway. Right? That's your only hope. You tell people uh, the reason of the hope that lies within me. Well, I've tried to be a good person. I've tried to fooey on that. I just stand on by grace through faith in Jesus. And if that don't work, we're all doomed. <laughs> right? Thank God for Jesus. We got to go home. But... Um, so even after the flood, we see obviously this is speaking uh, not to... Uh, 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 talking about physical baptism, there's many fillings in one baptism. Uh, I don't want to go to those verses tonight because we've already gone a little bit too late, but I'm going to finish these verses. Um, and so what does he say now? We're in verse 20. Uh, while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water, the like figure, whereunto even baptism, doth also now save us. Preacher, do you have to be baptized to be saved? Yes. I'm glad you looked at me that way. This little boy looked up here and went, say, well, <laughs> that's good. Yes, you do have to be baptized to be saved, but it's a baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's not one where some preacher sticks your head and dunks you down underwater. And they used to joke, my old, old preacher would always say he was going to hold me down longer until I quit bubbling. Uh, and and uh, listen, that won't ever do you nothing. You can be baptized. I don't care. You can get, you can get the greatest. You, Sammy Allen can baptize you. I don't care who ducks your head under the water. You'll come up just as nasty as you've always been. Your heart and your mind on evil continually until you're born again from heaven. 
That's the only answer. And that baptism is a baptism of the Spirit of God whereby we all, this is the common salvation we have, we all are baptized into one body by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, His body, you're baptized by one Spirit, excuse me, not by Jesus, baptized into His body by one Spirit. That Spirit baptizes us. It, this is a figure, see. It's like being born again. So get, what you can't get these people's mind, get your mind off the physical water. He's using that as a figure that pictured them being born up over the judgment of God and delivered on the other side. That water bore up the ark. And Jesus Christ in his resurrection, he's our water, he's our ark, he's our everything. He's done it all. He is, he is all in all. He is the water that bore you up and carries you over to the other side. He's the ark you're safely hid in. He's everything to your soul, Jesus Christ is. Right? And so that water that bore them up over the other side, uh, we're infused, the life figure, where uh, even to baptism, down, as now say, oh, look at what it says. Not the putting the way of the filth of the flesh. So obviously he's not taking, talking about taking a dignified bath. Now, I don't want to make light of baptism. I believe water baptism is very important. I believe it's a first step of obedience to show forth what God's done on the inside to you, but you can go to heaven and never be dunked underwater by any Baptist preacher. I believe in full immersion. I don't believe you ought to be sprinkled. I believe the Bible's clear when it talks about the ordinance of baptism and the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. I believe the Bible is totally clear and without question on those things. But you can go to heaven and never be baptized, but you'll never go to heaven if you're not baptized by the Spirit of God into the body of Jesus. That must take place in your life. And the only way for that to happen is by faith in Christ alone. There's an operation of God. There's things done that you and I cannot see. And one of those things, one is circumcision and the other is baptism. And so he's talking here in water baptism, not the washing away of the filth of the flesh, which is what that is picturing, but the answer of a good conscience. So... My answer here, what's the water? The water here is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because if he, if we, if he did not rise from the dead, then we are still yet in our sins. Our preaching's vain. So not, not the going down, it's the coming up that has saved us and, and make me, that'd make a, a Presbyterian one shout. The like figure whereunto even baptism does now also save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. Obviously that's not talking about water because if it takes the answer of a good conscience and the purging of a conscience, you couldn't take a water pistol and shoot it through somebody's temple into their conscience. It's just ridiculous. Is it not? It's obviously talking about the Spirit's baptism. Uh, so the like figure, we're in tomb baptism. So that same thing happens now. Uh, the Lord has done the same thing to you spiritually uh, that he did physically for Noah and his family. And verse number 22, uh, who is gone? Uh, well, let me finish that verse. But the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Well, we've got to go. We'll continue this probably, Lord willing, Wednesday night. Uh, we'll continue to look at that. And we've got other verses uh, that I wanted to look at um, concerning water baptism. Um, but uh, I think it, 
is important that, uh, especially you young people, when you run into these things, um, don't be fooled by uh, certain things that sound right on the surface. I've told you this story, but uh, I, you know, I let the Jehovah's Witnesses come in one time. They, they came in and uh, they said, uh, they've left me a Bible. It's a Mormon's. The Book of Mormon, no, I can't remember who, what kind of, there's some, one of those nuts, I don't know which one it was. But they wanted to come in, and I would have never come to where I lived and come up the driveway that we lived on, but they were crazy enough to do it. And at the time, I was seeking answers, but I let them come in, and they left me a King James Bible. And they said, we believe the same Jesus you believe. See, they'll sound so slick. And I, and I don't care how interesting a church is. See, the, what's attractive to our young people and a lot of those charismatic churches is the emotion. Uh, they don't walk, like a lot of our churches. They think that, that we're dead. And to a degree, sometimes we are dead. But at least we're real. And uh, the attraction to them, to a lot of charismatic churches, is the emotion. They like the hooping and the hollering. And especially a lot of women that can't keep their mouth shut like those churches. Because they can stand up and speak in tongues with the one. that They can't control the one they got. So they just let them flap off about things they don't even know what they're talking about. It's amazing how they love those kind of places where they can get in and shoot off at the mouth and preach and be deacons and whatever they want to be. Well, well that, that went good, didn't it? We better quit, Brother Reed. Come on up. Let's have, a, let's have a verse. I tell you, the truth will set you free. Isn't it wonderful just to believe the Bible? I mean, I, I, I know there's some good people. Are you saying them people that in these types of churches? I'm not saying that at all. I believe anybody that has uh, biblically repented and believed on Jesus will be in heaven. I'm not saying that. Uh, but I just like the pure, unadulterated Word of God and not mixed with the opinions of anybody. Just let the Bible say what it says. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the truth that keeps us straight, keeps us uh, our minds renewed and refreshed. And thank you so much for all that you do for us. Thank you for the church that's here tonight. Uh, Lord, thank you for the one you've added. Thank you for Brother Pettycord. I pray for especially tonight any that may be unsaved and never been baptized into that body by the Spirit. Help them to see tonight the only hope they've got is faith in Jesus Christ. Not their good deeds, not, their, not anything else can they rely on but Jesus and His righteousness. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand to your feet and we'll have a verse if you need to come.